0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Thief Steaks ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com.
1: Banning it, banning out. This is Afternoon Pancakes. This is season two. This is episode, I believe, thirteen. maybe. I believe this is fifty-eight overall.
2: Um, we did forty-five last season, so we're getting close to our sixtieth episode. By the way. Yeah, it seems that seems pretty cool. 16. My name is
1: Jared. I'm here with my good friend Stephen Reed. How are you doing today, sir?
0: I'm doing well today. How are you?
1: Doing good. Doing good. Uh, We were uh, just chatting before um, we started a podcast today. Um, Please wear a mask. Let's just leave it at that.
2: It's not a political statement. Let's just leave it at that. Steven, the Colts got
1: a big win on thursday last week they beat the beat the titans 34 17 man
0: crushed the titans um it actually it's one of those things it was such a huge win for the team and and to move to uh first place tie with tennessee and first place in the division and having the lead based on head-to-head matchup it was it was huge for the colts to come out and play and and have a good game Uh, and so I, i i was really excited for the team especially to get a road win in the division we all know how difficult it's been for the colts in recent years to get road wins in the division um and so even though they go down to tennessee and win pretty frequently um and also houston um so really it's just jacksonville that they have trouble with for whatever (laughs) weird reason um
3: have you ever been
1: to jacksonville
0: i've driven through it once it didn't feel great that's
1: what I'm saying. You didn't stop for gas or nothing? Like, if you <laughs> I, if you, if you didn't stop for gas in Jacksonville, you know why. It's got this weird mugginess, and it smells. And you just know, like, yeah, I don't feel, I feel like I'm from out of town. Like, it's just, that's just Jacksonville. I feel like I feel uh, like they don't belong here. Yeah. I feel, I feel, like, when you go to someone's house, you just feel like this house isn't nice enough for how hot it is. Like I like mm-hmm. I l I like those people. They were family of mine, but like I don't their house wasn't that nice and it was awful dang hot. But yeah. Philip Rivers had himself a pretty dang good ball game. And by the way, I wanted to point out a lot of people have been uh complaining about Philip Rivers play. Uh not not doing bad, man. Um in a lot of categories, uh, Philip Rivers is above bar. The the only real exception is uh, throwing touchdowns. And again, I maintain, that I'm gonna keep telling the same joke till somebody laughs at it. That I'm just shocked a man with like a dozen kids is having problems scoring.
3: <laughs>
0: Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Did, was that good? That was a pretty. I feel like that was a pretty solid courtesy laugh. I mean, yeah. real laugh.
1: Yeah. No, I appreciate the the courtesy laugh. I just, <laughs> I want, I want that joke to work so bad. Um, but I feel but like it because... really
0: does. Like you feel like you feel like Philip Rivers could really put it home. Um, apparently. It, you, it, it would seem that he can, but it just doesn't <laughs> he seem that, that apparently, he can. Apparently, come on. Um. Yeah. But yeah,
1: no uh the, the 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 difference between being the least sacked human I've ever seen I think he's been knocked down like seven times all year. That's what it feels like. And they've played at a high level against almost every team they've played, with the except really of Jacksonville just played like absolute garbage um but if you really think about it their losses can be attributed to missing key players casanzo in one game hilton in another and you directly attribute their losses uh, those losses to their absences in my eyes
0: yeah and then like the first game of the season with jacksonville they came in cocky and yeah,
1: they played they, they played too off too much off coverage thinking they were going to make sure. up for it with their athleticism and that's not how the NFL works. This is an inches league. Remember like you know th- there's a there's a reason Jonathan Taylor is being compared uh unfavorably of course to Trent Richardson. Um it's this is but a it's game.
0: Not a good reason.
1: it's just a game of inches and he's in it right now. He's not making the right read on some of these reads and you can clearly see it. You know, they got a big hole for him. Uh, If he takes this right hole, it collapses. If He takes the left hole. It's just wide open. And he takes the right hole and runs into a pile of people. Um, Eventually he's going to hit pay dirt. Um, It's just a matter of, it's a feel thing. Um, I don't know if, you know, I'm make I'm making these mostly jokes um my wife and i had a good night tonight um i'm making mostly jokes but if you've ever played Madden they finally fixed uh, in my opinion rushing the football uh to the point where you can where you're at the decision point uh and where you can see a running lane closing and you can see one that's wide open and you know you just jam the the right thumbstick at 10 o'clock and make that that cut and take that right line. And I just think Jonathan Taylor, you know, as he continues to get reps, eventually gets to the point where he sticks his foot in the ground and makes the right decision. He's off to the races. And, and then everybody's saying, Oh, who Marlon, who, you know what I mean? But the, the, the reality is he's getting those hard yards now. um, And I feel like that's going to, that's going to bear fruit for him in the future. Um, and I really think this Colts backfield, um, you just like to keep it together for one more season because I really feel like they could be something special uh, if you had Mac Taylor, Hines, and Wilkins like all playing. That just is so much, so much speed and power uh, at the running back position. It'd just be hard to beat on that alone. And that's not even to talk about Michael Pittman Jr. having his uh is that his first game over hundred yards, I believe? Seven catches, yeah. well, one hundred and one like yards. Third game total. <laughs> yeah. Missed some time, but um you know, for for all the the questions I've gotten uh about players, uh I'm Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. I want to make sure I talked about him at length because people had been asking me about him, by the way, in case anyone wondered how Jared's brain works. Um, but people had asked me about Michael Pittman and said, you know, uh, based on how I've spoken about the Colts offense in the past. So there we do have listeners and they do remember what we say, brother. It's crazy.
0: Wait, what? Yeah.
1: But somebody commented that Michael Pittman didn't fit the description of what I had described as the ideal receiver for the Colts.
0: Well, that's it might not have been what you said, but I said he was the perfect one. And I
1: said, well, you don't often get to draft Reggie Wayne
0: twice. Uh, yeah, I'd say he's a little different than Reggie Wayne, but I, you know, he
2: he's, he's really.
0: Like he's such a good player. Like
3: he's gonna be a good number two wide
0: receiver. Oh yeah, no, no, for sure. And I think that he could develop into a number one. But uh, Reggie, he's actually a better blocker than Reggie Wayne was. Reggie Wayne was a lot of flash coming out of Miami, and like he was able to get a uh, he was able to get single coverage a lot of times because you had Marvin Harrison, you had Dallas Clark, you had Edger and James. So you right. couldn't focus on Reggie Wayne. Michael Pittman, at, at this point, with T.Y. Hilton being hampered, he's going to get a little bit more coverage than what Reggie Wayne got when, when Reggie Wayne, his first couple of years in the league. And yeah. so uh, in terms of like after the play, uh, explosive, and I think Michael Pittman might be a little bit more explosive than Reggie Wayne. Um, right. But yeah, I, I Michael Pittman and go back to January guys, listen to the podcast, all those episodes. And we talk about wide receivers and I will tell you, Michael Pittman is the perfect wide receiver for the Colts. And I was so excited after they drafted him. And I'm glad that this week against Tennessee in a big game on a short week, you got to see that talent really shine. And you saw that explosiveness. You saw the the plays that he can make after the catch. And, and how they're gonna try to start uh really manufacturing touches for him. It's Similar to the way that they they used Paris Campbell to start the season. Um Paris Campbell obviously is a freak athlete, much more athletic than than Michael Pittman, but it's a similar style in how they use it. I think they're probably gonna try to keep sneaking to Michael Harris in that more Paris Campbell style role, uh hopefully Hoping that Paris Campbell can come back and and play, but yeah, I, I just I was really excited about this week with the the Colts and uh, beating Tennessee. Um, one of the big things that I that that we should continue to harp on is how well the defense plays in second halves of games.
3: Oh yeah, um
0: they Tennessee had was I, I believe winning the game at halftime, thirteen to seventeen, some somewhere around there. And they didn't score again. The Colts rattled off, I want to say, 24 unanswered. Um, And special teams was just clicking. Uh, You saw the defense really play well. You saw the offense play well enough. Um, you, You saw them start to throw the ball around, mix it up. I think that this team, if they continue to grow and continue to develop, this team can be just absolutely dominant and, and can be a real problem for teams uh, for for other teams coming down the stretch um, they their defense and their ability to stop the run really really provides a different type of of opponent for for a lot of teams uh, you're not they're not used to the Colts specifically, being able to make people, make people stop, like on, on defense, to just stop an offense cold, especially in the running game. You, know, you've seen the Colts getting eaten up all year in the passing game, um, But once that defensive line really starts getting their act together and, and really starts hitting their flow, you see the quarterbacks have less time. You see the defensive ends being able to get in there and get, get home. You see the cornerbacks being able to make a play on the ball. You see them gain confidence because they're able to, to make that quick strike on the ball and be able to stop that play. And so I'm excited for the team. I I do think that they're going to start mixing it up more in terms of the backfield. Um, And so they are going to continue to try to give Jonathan Taylor touches. He's he obviously didn't get a lot of touches this this past week he had what seven carries two two catches um, and so he had nine total touches uh, but Naeem Hines was just an absolute nightmare on his birthday defense yeah on his birthday scored two touchdowns on his birthday Um, and he was he is an x-factor for this Colts offense similar to the way and we've talked about this before but similar to the way that the Chargers used Darren Sproles and also I believe how the Eagles used Darren Sproles. Um, And so similar to the way that that they used to use Darren Sproles um, in those offenses is how you see name Hines. And he is such a mismatch because you can't put a linebacker on him and you don't want to bring a safety down to cover him because then you're going to have a linebacker on a tight end. And either way, it's a mismatch for the Colts and Philip Rivers is smart enough to recognize that mismatch, and he will take advantage of it. It's not like how Jacoby Brissett was last year, where Jacoby Brissett would have the mismatch, and then he'd be late to throw. Philip Rivers is throwing that ball before a guy comes out of his break. Right. And because he knows where that guy is going to be. He trusts his arm. He trusts the players. And that's the main difference between the Colts offense last year and this year is competency at the quarterback position, and you're able to see them. Really string together a couple couple good games in terms of offense. I'm excited to see, um, you know, how they go. I, well, I shouldn't say string together a couple good games. They they weren't great against Baltimore uh, after the the Jonathan Taylor fumble. Um, but I'm really hoping this mini buy gives them an opportunity to really kind of short things up. So then going into Green Bay, they're able to reestablish that running game. Uh, with I, I wanted them to give more touches to Jonathan Taylor still. And I know people might not like that because he averaged like 1.7 yards per carry yeah. this past game. Um, but if you look at it, he had two catches for 25 yards. So get him, get him some space. Stop running like for whatever reason this year, running between the tackles has not worked for the Colts.
2: I, and-
1: I think it's because teams know that if we don't eat up the, the a gap on either side. They're gonna kill us, like they're just gonna run the ball down our throat, so they mm-hmm. they make sure that they're soaking up the, the that could be it. gap between the guards on either side. I have a feeling, and they're leaving the b gap open, and it's i'm I'm literally saying the same thing. I'm just flipping it around and saying like they need they've been running a little more effectively to the outside with these powers. I like these little the fake the fake dive pitch away i love the jet sweep i've always been such a look i've been playing ncaa football since the 90s the jet sweep was the play that when it came to ncaa football it changed your offense because so often you're motioning just to figure out are they in man or zone that's all mm-hmm. you get out of it they can change the play after that, after you motion. Then you wasted your motion. But with the jet sweep, sometimes you make them meet it. And that's that's kind of how I see the Colts are kind of – the. it's such a beautiful thing as somebody – as a lover of data, right? I love this math nerdy stuff. Uh, a lot of people in media were talking about the Colts going for it like three times in a row on the same drive and – um, uh, people were texting me asking me what the hell is going on with the Colts and the answer to all of this and why it was sensationalized I'll never know Um, is when you know you got them you go for it that's just the rules of football and I can tell you that every offensive player knew before the ball was down that they were going for it I can promise you that everyone in that offense knew already that they were just going for, we're just going for it pinning our ears back going for it and that's a sign of a confident team and when the defense i'm I'm saying it now at six and three and i guess we've kind of been saying it all along but at six and three atop the afc south i'm you do not want to play this team in the playoffs i'm telling you now because their defense is going to give their offense a lot of opportunity and they're going to get the ball with decent field position their special teams, uh, if you, I try to think of the Colts in terms of the rest of the NFL, too. So when I say the Colts' special teams are more wired tight than a lot of these teams in the NFL, and the Colts are a lot more disciplined than a lot of these teams in the NFL, you don't want to play this team in the playoffs. You sure as hell don't want to play them on Sunday, but you really don't want to play this team in the playoffs because... I get it. A lot of people are going to say, but Jared, look at that dumpster fire two weeks ago against the Ravens, and I acknowledge that. And I raise you this road to victory in Tennessee. Dude, a month ago, like, first of all, not a single major media outlet picked the Colts to win that football game. We both did. And then when you when you really think about it it's which would you have rather won and a lot of people are going to say i would have rather won the baltimore game jared not i that victory on thursday did so much for it like it wasn't so much like weight off your shoulders like the election has been um but it is definitely um i'm a lot more confident in saying like You know, I was, you know, looking at the schedule. I was a little concerned about the Packers game. Looking at the schedule, you know, I keep looking ahead to the Steelers, right, and saying, you know know what, I'm, I'm starting. They're starting to look beatable, Um, and that's a good feeling. I'm not saying I'm not gonna say it yet or or at all, but necessarily. But that the Colts are just gonna come out and beat the Packers. But I will say. I'm a lot less scared of the Packers when Devontae isn't there.
0: Right. Mhm. Yeah, I mean they're they're an entirely different offense.
1: Yeah. So, similar to the Colts, they they you know, without Devontae Adams is just not nearly as potent um and for the and that makes for me the if even even DeVonte being questionable
0: I was, saying, I, believe... I was just wanted to throw out there. He's limited in practice today, so they, they still want him to play mm-hmm. on Sunday. Yeah. Um, but he, what Devonta Adams does is so dependent on his feet and his ankles, like he is such a precise route runner. And that's the way that he gets open that having a, a pretty significant ankle injury, uh, that's going to slow him down quite a bit. Now you're still going to have to shade coverage, but still it, it's not he's not the same player
1: right and you can you can you know you can look at the packers defense as a liability as much as uh the loss of uh devonte adams affects them uh the packers haven't been fantastic on defense i mean pr- they're pretty they good yeah, that's what you'd think, but you look at a lot of the numbers, man. They like give up a whole more yard of play than the Colts. Uh when you look at turnovers, the Packers are thirtieth in the NFL in turnovers. Um let's see. Look at like I look at like touchdowns. Um pretty pretty good actually. They've allowed the Packers 14 to the Colts 11. So they're like still top 10. So they, they, they are decent in a lot of categories, but on the whole, uh, I got them somewhere around 18th in the league. Um, And, and again, that's, that's looking at a pro football reference and sorting a lot of these uh, statistics and then just kind of taking the average and, and, Frankly, that's where the Colts were last year is around that 16th to 18th spot in the NFL uh, for defense. And just like you said, man, that's that's not what I thought of the Packers defense um, early on in the season. But that's certainly kind of where they've kind of petered out as as it as it were.
0: Yeah, it's really it's really surprising, like where they've where where the Packers are in terms of a, as a team. Because obviously they, they had the questionable move in the draft, taking Jordan Love at the end of the first round, trading up to get Jordan Love um, in the first round when they really needed a wide receiver because they don't have any beyond Devontae Adams. And if Devontae Adams goes down, the entire offense is changed for Green Bay. And that's been proven every single time they've played uh, without Devontae Adams this year, they've been just a complete um, anemic offense. And so, yeah, I, I'm just, their defense though, Like they've got good players. I don't know what, I, I just don't get it. You <laughs> anyway, want me to tell
1: you? I'll tell you yes, what the problems are.
0: Uh,
1: they do not uh, generate enough quarterback pressures Um, Statistically Comparative to the number one team The Steelers The Packers generate half Of the pressure That the Steelers do And they're Mm -hmm. uh, 30th in that category And then um, The percentage Like how frequently They're able to pressure a quarterback uh, They're bottom five in the league So they're really just not applying frequent enough pressure to a quarterback to make people scared not to just open up our playbook and and, you know what i mean and then um it makes me smile because it's like damn our defense is good the colts have the fewest missed tackles in the nfl again per pro football reference uh fewest tackles in the uh, nfl the packers have twice as many missed tackles so it's like, yeah, they got a good defense on on paper. And then it's like, on what paper?
2: Because the paper I'm looking at is saying they're allowing... Let's see. Uh, a really high completion percentage.
1: So they're allowing opposing quarterbacks to catch the ball about 68% of the time. Um Pretty good about limiting yards after the catch. Let's see here. Uh, And they've only got four interceptions. Uh, uh, That's a problem. And they have only generated, well, 20 sacks. um, But the Steelers, comparatively, again, have generated 36. So when you think about what an effective defense looks like again we use the Steelers not the Colts because the Steelers are the number one defense in the NFL but when I say things like the Packers generate half the pass rush that the Steelers do this bodes well for the Colts offense because if there's any first of all let me lead with there isn't anyone else in the NFL that I would rather see with time to pass than philip rivers because he's kind of fun to watch when he's comfortable um
0: i want to say something really quick i don't think he's at all because i still hate his throwing motion
1: i don't like his throwing motion either but he's <laughs> he's like when when you when he's comfortable and he's dealing he's fun to watch because it looks weird but it's it's getting the job done you know and that's what i'm saying like if they're not going to generate pressure and he's just going to have the time to do whatever he wants, uh, Colts should really take advantage of the porous um, pass defense the Packers have. And ob- obviously, you know, the Colts defense is going to show up. Um, and, you know, last week, you know, Thursday, they're talking all this, all this mess about Derrick Henry and i get it he got us for 100 yards It's the first 100 yard rusher i bl- is that the first 100 yard rusher frank reich has allowed
0: um i think Derrick henry is the only 100 yard rusher the colts have the only rusher the colts have given up 100 yards to cuz i think he's done it in two separate games mm-hmm. um and the only reason he did it in the one prior was because he had like a 50 something 50 60 70 yard run in garbage time
3: mm-hmm.
0: um where like they were trying to run out the clock, and he just got a hole and took off.
1: Yeah, on Thursday, Derrick Henry had 19 carries for 103 yards. His longest rush was 20 yards, which means he had 18 carries for 83 yards, which is 4.61 yards per carry. I'd say that is, for all that Derrick Henry brings to the table, um, holding him under five yards a carry is an accomplishment. And I say that sort of tongue-in-cheek, thinking – The Colts defense isn't going to let that happen twice in a season. Uh, And so that's an interesting position to be in. And that's more of like, that's just how the Colts defense is. Like, you may get them one time. Julian aren't going to do that to them twice. Um, They're just different. They're just built different. Um, So, yeah, I think uh, in addition, so we kind of spoke briefly about their pass defense. Uh, Let's see. Rush defense. Uh, Bottom of the barrel in the NFL. So, man, again, just kind of disappointing. Um, And again, this is rush defense. They allow 100 yards a game, uh, 4.6 yards a carry. Comparatively, Colts only allow three and a half yards a rush, which is, like, really good. Um, So, again, I think a lot of uh personnel on paper look good for the Packers, but when you put it all out there, um, this is a beatable defense, and it's not—it's not the same as playing against the Ravens, who have a, a great defense and a capable offense. Right? Well, a great offense and great defense—they're playing against a Packers team with a potent offense. Right? It has, and it has great potential. But their defense is, you know, a lemon, if all things considered, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, pay, you pay full retail for a lot of those boys, and they're just not that. And of course, I'm saying all of this, putting my foot in my mouth, uh, because I, I kind of can sell where my
2: head's at. I think that I absolutely think the Colts win this game. Um, I'm looking at. The kicking game now, um, middle of the league for the Packers in the kicking game. Eleven for
1: thirteen, so they've missed a couple field goals. Um, let's see.
0: I think it'd be interesting for the Colts is if they're able to consistently get pressure on punts um, and make it so punters have to think about that
1: (laughs) yeah make it an issue
0: yeah like like you had um you've had certain teams over the years that you always kind of worried about either punting to them and and getting it to their returner like whenever you saw Deshaun Jackson back there you got a little worried um for those old Colt fans you know Dante Hall with the Kansas City Chiefs Devin Huster with the With the um, Chicago Bears, you didn't want to kick to those guys. And then you had teams that were just good on special teams where you always like Baltimore Ravens for years and years and years were good on special teams Um, and they would take advantage of Chicago Bears. They were good on defense and special teams it's right. one of those things where it kind of feels a lot like Chris Ballard is recreating Went to the that.
1: Super Bowl by the way.
0: Yeah, when, no that and that's what I'm saying is he's, he's trying to recreate that Chicago Bears team with the Colts. And so far he's done a pretty darn good job of it. Um you know, you've got an upgrade at quarterback which realistically was the whole reason the Bears lost to the Colts in the Super Bowl um mm-hmm. is you know, they had um cash what is it I can't think of it name now Kyle Orton, that was one of them. But then, yeah. um, oh, Jay Copper maybe? Rex you know? Grossman. Rex Grossman, that was the. Qu- I was like, man, why is his <laughs> name slipping me right now? Oh, because he's not anybody you would ever think of as an NFL quarterback. Right. Um And so that was the big issue with with the Bears, and now the Colts have a competent quarterback that can at least not lose a game and if he has to go win it. You saw that with the Bengals game. Um right. where they he, he that's one of the things we talked about at the beginning of the season. Uh, multiple times is you know we, we know that Phillip Rivers isn't likely gonna lose you a lot of games. Um he he cost them the uh he cost them the uh Ravens game. And mm. allegedly in, in the pick the pick six and then that that inadvertent safety. Um or no that gosh, now I'm getting my games all mixed up.
3: Yeah. That's
0: okay. Um so Philip Rivers cost him a game earlier this season. Cost him potentially a Jacksonville game with two really bad interceptions that he threw. Um but outside of that, Philip Rivers has been really, really accurate mm-hmm. and far better at putting the Colts in a position to win or to win the play than what Jacoby Brissett did. And I think that's the biggest thing that we need to take away from Philip Rivers this year. And, and thus far is that he is a significant upgrade over Jacoby Brissett, with the lone exception being the QB sneak play. And that is the only play I want to see Jacoby Brissett
2: ever on the field for, uh, for the Colts and Philip. <laughs> <rest> off, <laughs> Right. Period. That's it. But yeah, like I I just, I feel like Colts fans, we've been,
0: we've had, you know, decades of fantastic quarterback play. Just absolutely fantastic quarterback play.
2: And then we got put in a tough spot. I'm sitting here looking at. It was the Browns game. That was the one I was talking,
0: that I was thinking of, where it, like Philip Rivers cost him nine points because he threw a pick six, yep, and then had the uh, inadvertent safety, inadvertent safety that he just kind of flung the
2: ball up. Yep, that's the one. The the good news here is.
1: If you get in the red zone against the Packers, you're scoring 67, 68% of the time. um, Bottom quarter of the league. Uh, But they're also like top... I I like... Statistics tell you everything. The Packers are really good on third down. But if they don't stop you, they're giving up a touchdown. Like, that's the problem. Mm -hmm. Is if they you know and and it brings me back to the the Ravens game and I get it when people listen to this they're like Jared holy the reason I keep bringing that up is similarly the Ravens are really good on third down and you also don't score touchdowns when you get them in a the red zone uh um no that's not true the the Ravens are really good on third down and really bad when you get in the red zone against them. They're like 76% to score touchdown. So that's what kind of gives me pause about this game and makes me think that it'll be close is because the Packers are good on third down 39% uh, to convert against them on third down. And then Lastly, as far as the data stuff. Look at points per drive. And the Packers are middle of the league. Um, So this tells me the Colts should have a little better of an offensive output than they've had the last two weeks. um, Which says a lot, given that this past week they had like over 400 yards of offense. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: So and we did t- we did talk about this last week that the although this is a tough stretch of games you got Titans Packers Titans that's that's a rough stretch um, these are all winnable and beatable secondaries
2: and then we've just kind of gone over the rest of the data here um, seven
1: point seven. 29th uh turnover percentage packers are 29th in the league uh conversely the colts are eighth um i also noticed the colts give up uh 19 points a game the packers defense gives up about 24 25 points um so if you if you're just going by the numbers uh these these things to me uh, stick out. So I hope I hope if anybody is listening to this and you're wondering like why is Jared sitting here and looking at these websites and telling us about these numbers? These are the kind of important numbers that should help you f- when you're when you're kind of uh prognosticating how a game's going to uh, you're you know, all the players do this. They visualize what's going to happen in the game. Um, I'm hopefully to gives kind you of provide a the premise.
0: expectation. Yeah. Like that—that's what it is. It gives you a better expectation on, on what you can expect based on what's happened thus far this season, and, and that's where these stats really come into play. Is you know coming into today and and before talking about these stats, um, you know on paper, quote unquote, with the players that they have, the Packers should have a really good defense. Right, and, and yet they don't this year mm-hmm. for whatever reason, but. The fact is they don't, and they haven't been able to stop teams in the red zone. They haven't been able to, if, if they don't get you three and out, they're done for pretty much. Um, and you're scoring touchdowns. And with the Colts, hopefully they're able to stress the Packers secondary enough to be able to take advantage of that. And I think they will. And this is something that you talked about earlier in the episode, talking about with the jet sweeps, with different things to manipulate the defense and try to get them moving one way while you keeping their eyes at one place while moving another and trying to just kind of get them off their game, make them take a second because if they take a half a second, take a full second to try to figure out, Hey, what just happened? They're already beat. And that's how fast the NFL game is.
1: Yeah. And I sat here and dogged their, uh, to sort of shift gears on that defensive conversation for the Packers, this while I was sitting here thinking about, man, how how in the world can the Packers possibly win this game? Uh, just look at offensive statistics between the Packers and the Chiefs. These might be the two best functioning, best looking offenses the NFL's ever seen in the same season. Um, Aaron Rodgers has been fantastic. Uh, I believe 26 touchdowns and three interceptions without looking that up. Let me look that up because now I feel dumb. And your boy, 26 and three. Um, super good. Um, scoring a lot of points. Um, things I notice uh, sort of middle of the league-ish. They're in that kind of second tier. Uh percentage to score but otherwise great in all other categories but they're just sort of you know you know they're sort of boom bust i suppose in that but again the colts are too um but yeah the their passing offense is outstanding let me see here yeah um just so everyone knows Philip Rivers is completing a higher percentage pa- of his passes than Aaron Rogers. Um, just like, like we've been talking about only 11 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Um, but again, something to think about that. I think the Colts are going to have to get away from in order to win games this year. And I think they've realized that. And the how, how do we know that the Philip Rivers threw the ball 39 times last week? Uh, that's how we know. The Colts are going to have to win the ball throwing it and possibly to receive to uh, running backs and trying to get a lot of good matchups because you're, mi- you're you've missed uh, T.Y. You're missing Paris Campbell. You're missing Marlon Mack. These marquee every down players. Um, and since these guys are out, these difference makers, we are been spreading the ball around a and, and everyone's kind of getting getting to touch the rock. Um, It's important uh, that the Colts don't turn the ball over. So that's one of the things I'll look at um, next is turnovers and how um, likely... Let's see. And that tells you pretty much the whole game, right? Like when you look at offense, you look at turnover percentage. And... Uh, they they just don't turn the ball over on offense. So how do the Packers beat the Colts? Um, by playing sound defense, winning on third down, forcing the Colts to punt and kick field goals, and then being their typical efficient selves um, on offense. Which again, I think we've all kind of figured this out. That's not going to happen for for Just about anybody other than Gardner Minshew apparently has the voodoo on the Colts, but other than that, I feel like the Colts have played sound uh football in the secondary um since the, the Minshew game and have otherwise limited like what would it uh Tannehill had like 149 yards or something on 27 attempts um. I mean Lamar Jackson had a good game, but we also kinda dared him to beat us uh through the air, but um but yeah, the the I think this is gonna be a close a super close game. It's a two point contest, so uh the Colts are a two point favorite. Home team gets three points, this means Packers are supposed to win by one. If you're wondering, out there in the universe um every uh thursday i try to wait as late as i can i wait until the injury reports come out um i try to take into account as much information as possible i write a little betting piece um it's not meant to be like gambling advice um but what i do uh is i i kind of tell you who the home team is what what the spread is and so uh this week uh, the Colts are a two-point favorite at home, and we talked about this old gambling adage uh, that you get three points for being the home team, and when you take that away, uh, the Colts are supposed to lose by one. So if we were kind of betting on that game, um, you would take the Packers because they're getting two points, um, just just as like a general statement. Um, of course, I that's not how I see it, but um, with Devonte Adams, just he doesn't even have to be uh, a no-go for me. For him being questionable um, means I don't expect him to take on the same sort of workload. And I think I uh, always try to put myself in the person's shoes when I'm talking about him. How Philip or Philip Rivers, how Aaron Rodgers struggles, is. He warms up, and all during warm-ups, Devontae Adams is fresh. And then what happens is that Devontae Adams comes out and catches a ball, and then he catches another one, he catches another one, and then in the fourth one, he gets a stiff arm to the chest, and then he sits out the rest of the game, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a good enough timing with any of the other receivers, and the Colts beat the Packers on third down five or six times over the course of the game because they know that they can contain Devontae Adams. He's either not playing or he's limited uh, because he ate a forearm shiver uh, because that's just how football works, right? You see this happen. Uh, I don't know if anybody's caught the vibe yet, but the Colts defense comes out and smacks you in the mouth and and you get chin-checked real early in a football game and if you don't see it it's like watching rabbits you start seeing heads starting to look around in plays like there's ghosts running around the football field and that's because this colt's defense will come out and punch you in the face and start a fight but not not actually starting a fight like they're they're actually they're playing football the correct way they're hitting you full speed we're not pulling up we're not trying to save people it's not how this works they're playing defense they're smacking people in the mouth and when it what that it sets the tone in the game and then when the colts offense comes out and their offensive line is brutal too it has a psychological effect on your opponent so for everybody out there that's like Man, the Colts are kind of boring sometimes. They don't they don't they don't put the ball at risk, Jared. They don't throw the deep fade. They're not they're not doing all these things. They're marching the ball down the field. They're they're controlling the time of possession. And me, I'm as happy as I could be watching the Colts on a Sunday afternoon control the ball for like 45 minutes and beat a team mercilessly. Like I'm completely fine with this right of course i miss the could literally score from anywhere on any down offense that that that's what we've known right for for the majority of the time i've even been a colts fan uh offense has been um an afterthought right you you just kind of knew the the offense is going to do its thing it's going to really come down cause, i mean can you imagine if we were doing this podcast a decade ago or more what would we have been saying well you know the offense is going to do its thing right it's that defense that i'm worried about and how weird is it now we're sitting here saying like man the offense needs to do its thing because i don't know about this def, you know we know this defense is going to
2: show up we just don't know which offense is going to show up right Just Sorry, with I thought me. that was a rhetorical question. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, sometimes you,
0: you ask questions, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they, uh, that's an obvious answer. I don't even really need to respond to that.
1: <laughs> I I like asking the questions that are super loaded. That way the person's like, uh...
0: Do you want... Is, are you serious? Do
1: I need to answer that?
0: Like, is just, this a legit question? I just I, phoned
1: I, that one in, right, Jared?
3: Like, <laughs> yeah, like,
0: I I mean, I was listening, <laughs>
3: and
0: then I was like... Oh yeah. Oh shoot. He wants me to respond. Oh, okay. Hold on. Click unmute. All right. <laughs> hey, I'm back. Um, yeah. In that, I'll, I'll be interested to see how this game goes. I think that the Packers, you know, with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, they're always going to be that he's going to be able to keep him in the game. Oh yeah. And I I think the Colts do get a benefit from playing at home. Mm-hmm. Uh here yeah, more than just the three points. Uh, I, I will say I, I found an interesting stat this week, or I, I saw it on the Twitter. So who knows if it's real or fake, um, but uh, mm-hmm. it was winning percentages of home teams in the past, like 10 years or, or versus this year.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so you obviously, we, we all know that every NFL stadium is at limited capacity of some sort, some without fans really at all. Right. And they found that in the past, the winning percentage of home teams was right around like 59, 60%. However, this year, the winning percentage of home teams without fans is about 49%. That's a pretty significant uh, drop. Right. That's at least one game every week that a, a home team would normally win goes to the visiting team. Right. Um, and so I, I think that, that was some just an interesting stat. Uh, although I will say I think the Colts do get an advantage playing at home more so than any other team, um, at, at least given the way that their team is built for speed and for quickness, uh, specifically at the defensive line. And I would like to say, again, pay Grover Stewart his money. Right, pay that man his money. Pay him his money. He deserves it. He has been playing out of his mind. He should be right at that DJ Reader level, uh, if not making a little bit more. Uh, DJ Reader got, I want to say, like a five-year, $42 million contract with, like, 24 guaranteed. I'm pulling that off the top of my head, so I may or may not be right on that. Um, Sounds right. 24 guaranteed. I think Grover Stewart's probably looking at like probably similar numbers, um, maybe a little bit more on the guaranteed side. Chris Ballard can, with the amount of cap space he's got, he can literally sign anybody that he wants and still be well under the cap, even if the cap uh, pulls back a little bit next year. And so pay hey, Grover Stewart his money. I want to make sure that that's very clear. Um, and if you don't take away anything else from this podcast, I want you to take away that. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think overall, uh, this will come down to can the Colts' offense put some points on the board early? And if they can, you're putting the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands to win the game, but you're also trying to have the Packers' offensive line protect him for long periods of time. And they're just not as good um, as they have been in the past. And I'd see the Colts really taking advantage of that. They're also supposed to get Kamoko Ture back this week, the Colts are. And mm-hmm. uh, he was activated. They waived Sheldon Day, which is a little bit surprising in terms of moves. I thought Sheldon Day had played okay, but Taylor Stallworth had really kind of taken over his role on the defensive line uh, since Sheldon Day got hurt early on. I could see Day coming back on the practice squad. Um, but Kamoko Ture comes back, and I, I'm really excited to see him in action again because he was if everybody remembers he was an absolute beast for the first five weeks of the season last year where he had the highest sack percentage and pressure rate um in the nfl before his ankle injury to have him now with a legitimate pairing in the middle that can keep lockers off of him like he could legit be uh, just an absolute game changer for this defense um going into the the final stretch, going to a really important stretch of season. Um, Oh yeah. Coming here with, with Green Bay and Tennessee. And I had said before that if the Colts can come out of this stretch, going two and two or three and one with both of those wins with at least two wins over Tennessee, they're going to be sitting pretty. And remember Tennessee plays Baltimore who just had a really terrible game against New England this past week. So they're going to come in motivated to play Tennessee if
3: mm-hmm.
0: Baltimore beats Tennessee the Colts beat Green Bay and then the Colts win next week against Tennessee when they host them at home the Colts it's effectively over. have a three-game lead in the division because Basically. not only do you have a two-game lead in the standings because at that point the Colts would be eight and two or eight and three yeah. and the, the Titans would be six and five but the Colts would also hold the he- the season tiebreaker by winning both of those games. So it's an effect, it's effectively a three game margin for the Colts. Um, and so, and, and that leaves you with, you know, the Colts, I, I believe, still have, you know, Jacksonville to play and they've got right. you know, Houston to play twice. So mm-hmm. y- you've got games where it's, it's unlikely that the Colts would lose enough games to really put them in trouble, uh, they've got, yeah, they've got if one, two, three, four, five. So they they would effectively be three games up with five to play. Right. And those games would be alternating home and away with, you know, the, the Texans, or they go at Houston at Las Vegas. Then they host Houston. They go at the Steelers, which is going to be a rough game at the end of mm-hmm. December in Pittsburgh. And then they host the Jaguars. So every one of their last four games is played on a place that is either warm or indoors, with the exception of Pittsburgh. Right. And Mm -hmm. so, like, the Colts could literally run this. Because at that point, at the end of the season, Pittsburgh might be sitting at number one.
1: And not need to actually. And not
0: need those last two games.
1: Yeah, and that was kind of that was kind of where my head was while you were talking. I was like, oh man, you know, Pittsburgh is undefeated right now, and it could get to the <laughs> point where you know, Colts really vying for that playoff spot and willing to put it all out there on the line, and the Steelers could say, you know we may see them in the playoffs and we're not going to lose our seating to them. Right. Cause I don't think the Colts obviously, obviously uh, Steelers are nine and zero right now. Colts are six and three. So we're three games behind. I don't think the Steelers lose between now and, and facing the Colts. So you could put that down and say, I wrote it down. I don't think the Steelers lose. Um, and then, so they come in that game potentially like what 13, 14 and zero. May not need to play them. Let the Colts get that tenth win or eleventh win or twelfth win, whatever. They're still not taking the seating from us. Um, I can promise you, though, with Mike Tomlin, that's certainly not going to happen. They're coach every game to win every game. Um, but it's, the thought's certainly nice. Like, <laughs> I would love it if somebody would sit their best players against me, you know? Because, being Colts fans, that's what we've done, you know. It got to the point in Peyton's career where they're pulling starters when they're. You know, starting seasons 14 and 0, you know.
3: So let's do a look
0: look at the NFC versus the AFC right now. You have 10 teams in the AFC that are six and three or better. In the NFC, you've got six teams that are six and three and better. And the number four seed in the NFC is a team that currently has a. Just under forty percent winning percentage, which is the Philadelphia Eagles at three five and one, who would host a home playoff game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and so like that's just it's kind of mind blowing. Like if I was in the NFC East, I would just try to lose out because you're not gonna make do anything once you get to the playoffs,
1: right? You're playing,
0: you're gonna play the ones <laughs> like, it, and you're getting well not only. Now you're gonna play, be playing the five seed because you'd be hosting that. But oh right. Not not only not only that, but you'd be going in and making the playoffs with a pretty substantial losing record. Um, unless if somebody can string together wins, that a, a record that would normally put you in like the top five, top eight picks in the draft. And if you make the playoffs, you are locked in in the twenties for the <sighs> entire draft.
2: Tough. So like right now if if you went league wide, like I got one, two. Three. The the Eagles would be picking twelve right now at three, five,
0: and one, uh based on their record. But if given that they would make the playoffs, they would be picking at least twenty first. Or at worst, or best, 21st, because they got knocked out in the first round. Although they did expand the playoffs this year by one team. So I think it'd be, at worst,
3: 20th.
1: Yeah, that's what I was hoping you were considering, the expanded playoffs when you were talking about that. You want yeah, to do our little NFL pick and
0: get out of here? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a, it sounds like a good idea.
1: Well, let's do it then. Hey, uh, Stephen, tomorrow at Thursday Night Football, might as well just call this game of the week, right? The Arizona Cardinals play at the Seattle Seahawks. Who do you think wins that game?
0: Um, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I agree. You're,
1: you're just very unlikely to beat Seattle at home. Well, in, uh, at home on a short week. And then, hey, on Sunday, the Eagles play at the Browns. Who you got there? I'll take the Browns. Same. I don't trust the Eagles, man. They mm-hmm. stink. No, they just uh, lost
0: the, to the Giants. By 10? Yeah. The Giants.
1: It was like Daniel Jones and who? Right? Um, and then, hey, the the Falcons play at the Saints. Who you got? Saints may be trotting out Jameis Winston. Who do you think wins this game?
0: I still think it's the Saints. I just think that they're so much better. Better
1: than, on both
2: sides,
0: yeah.
1: And then, uh, the Bengals play at the Washington football team. Who you got there?
2: Uh,
0: this is interesting. I think I'll probably yeah. take the Bengals, um, because I like Joe Burrow.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But I, uh, this game, I think this literally could go either way. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Yeah, I'm in the pocket like Burrow. Um I think I think the Bengals, I agree with you, get a big road win and this is this elevate. this is one of those wins you, you need as a young quarterback. Love Alex Smith. Uh Alex Smith and his comeback is incredible. Um had a great game last week. Um and then hey, the the Lions play at the Panthers. Who you think wins that game?
0: Um I don't care. Yeah. No, I... <laughs> um, I think that's the I truth. think probably the line. Eh, you know eh. what? I'll say the Panthers. Wait, is Christian McCaffrey playing? No.
1: So, no CMC. Lions. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is oh. banged up. Uh, Lions, it's just like you said, who cares? Lions are 5-5. Five and five. Um, uh, Steelers play at the Jags. Uh, Steelers are 10-point favorite, so... No but don't go crazy on me there, but I'm pretty sure we both know who's
0: winning that game. Jaguars. Yeah, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that be crazy?
1: Wouldn't like, that be Seriously. If they come out Jaguars actually play
0: wins? Jaguars <laughs> two wins this season to be against the Colts, who the Colts are and the divisions in the Steelers. Like, Best if, they in they came, if, if somebody <laughs> were talking to you hey. after like week ten, week eleven and said, Yeah, the Jaguars beat the Colts and Steelers this year, they'd be like oh my gosh, they're like definitely leading the AFC South then. And you're like, no, those are the only two two wins. wins. (laughs) Yeah, only two wins this season.
1: And then, uh, hey, man, the the Titans play at the Ravens. Who you got there?
0: I think I'm going to go with the Ravens on this, just because the Titans are not good against the run, usually. Uh, Similar. No, let let me rephrase. They're not good against the run in space. And that's where Baltimore can just crush you.
1: And I think it's... it's Playing against Baltimore is a tall task. Playing against Baltimore in Baltimore is the tallest of tasks. Uh, and for that reason, I think the Ravens get it done at home. It's just a tough place
0: to play. Uh, I get it. Both no teams fans. are coming off losses. And Baltimore came off a... Of- embarrassing loss to the patriots like at least tennessee's loss was to a divisional opponent that's really good yeah the patriots are not good this year and yeah. it took a hurricane coming through you know boston mm-hmm. area or foxborough massachusetts to really give the patriots even a shot to win this game because if that's played in normal conditions baltimore runs runs them out of the stadium
1: right and
0: just so everyone's aware For- like
1: you, you lose games because of weather
0: that happens. And some teams yeah. just aren't good for it. The Colts shoot for years and years and years. The the run was that the Patriots would, for the week and a half, two weeks leading up to the Colts game, wouldn't cut their grass because it gave the Patriots an extra advantage going in because it slowed down Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis on their rush. <laughs> that is legit what they did. You gotta do what you gotta do, right? Yeah. Hey, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I want to go back and watch that game from last week with the Patriots and the and the Ravens because I feel like there's definitely some pretty substantial amount of stickum. You know, <laughs> stickum on those arms because there were times where like the Ravens guys, they they were they're able to get the ball out pretty consistently, but they weren't. That ball was not budging on those Patriots players. And I'm like, eh, there should have been a fumble in this game. due oh, right. to rain it. being as bad as it was. Right. Anyway, I still think the Patriots are cheaters, so there's that.
1: And, hey, nobody to blame you, There's too much evidence. And speaking of cheaters, speaking the Patri- of, yeah. Patriots <laughs> play the Texans. I think um, I think Patriots win that game on
0: the road. I think I mean, the Patriots will win it, too.
1: And then the Dolphins play at the Broncos. Who do you think wins this game?
0: I think the Dolphins. I really like what they've done this year. And the Dolphins, let's throw this out there. They still own Houston's number first round draft pick and second round draft pick. This <sighs> Houston's picks going to be in the top 5, top top 7, which is why I so wanted the Colts to trade picks 33 <laughs> and 40 to Miami for Houston's future first. Right. Because I knew it was going to be a top, top five. I, I said during draft season, Houston's going to have a top five, top 10 draft pick. And I really wanted to go to the Colts. So then they could draft their quarterback of the future and shove it in Houston's face. Cause I am a next level petty kind of person. Yeah. I, I, oh. Who did you want to pick to win this game? Sorry, kind of tangent. Uh,
1: Dolphins get a big win to uh Valoa, 4 0 as a starter. Gets a big win this Sunday. Jets play at the Chargers. Who do you think wins this game, brother?
0: It's got to be the Chargers. Like, the yeah. Jets are not even trying.
1: Not really. Hey, just so everyone knows, Jets are 0 9. Come on now. Chargers get a big, big win at home. was one of those ones where you get to en- just enjoy it, you know? You know, Hopefully, there's no going the through the motions. Time. Hopefully, the Chargers take the game real serious. Because the problem I've had, and you, if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me say this before, and I always end up being right. And then people message me like, that's gross. When teams aren't playing at full speed, it's when players get hurt the worst. Mm-hmm. So... I will well, probably not watch Jets, Chargers because you're going to see something you don't want to watch. Uh, the Cowboys play at the Vikings. Uh, Andy Dalton's supposed to start for the Cowboys this week. Just letting you know.
0: All right. I'm going to take the Vikings.
1: Same. Hard sell. So, and then, yeah. uh, hey, Sunday night football this week. Not a terrible game. Chiefs play at the Raiders in the Death Star. Who wins that game?
0: I'm going to go on a limb and take the Raiders in
1: this game. Ooh, look at you. And I don't blame you. Um, Raiders should feel pretty good at home. And the Raiders beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead already this year. Uh, I'll go ahead and take the Chiefs to get the win on the road uh, and move to 9-1. and one. Uh, And then Monday night, the Rams. Ooh, that's a good game. Rams should play be. at the Bucks. Who do you think wins this game?
0: Um, I'm going to take the Bucks in this game.
1: Yeah. I think I'm going to take the Rams here, man. Um,
0: I've tried to convince myself to take I, the Rams so many times, I and I do it, and on it. I do. I take the Rams, and then I just, the, after the game, I was like, What's here's it my problem. Here's like, my problem
1: Rams are a dumpster fire on the road, um, they're two and three. For some reason, Sean McDermott loses his play sheet when they go on the road, and I'm kidding. McVeigh, um, McVeigh, sorry. Um, McDermott's a Bill. Um, but yeah, it just they they're not packing the same punch on the road
0: typically. So now you're back to the Bucks. No, no, no.
1: But um, here's why I'm taking the Rams. Yeah.
0: Though.
1: All right. He's a smart cat. He knows this, and I, I we we I make that statement frequently. If my dumb butt is sitting on a podcast calling it out, they know. Sean McVay knows. They're doo-doo on the road. They're, they're lacking punch on the road. They're going to play a Bucks team coming off a big win, scoring a ton of points. And I just think the Rams, first of all, they have a game wrecker in Aaron Donald. And on offense, the offense is talented enough that it gives me pause. Uh, and Basically, Tampa Bay is a four-point favorite. You get three for being the home team. That means Vegas says Bucks win by one.
0: See hey, that's a little bit tighter of a game than I thought it would be.
1: So, I, I'm just gonna take the f- flip side of that and say Rams win a close game. Um, but it, but what it does is it shows you the Bucks can be beat. Because uh, I know there's a lot of people out there that are, like, groaning, right? Like, oh, God. You know, Tom Brady's still in the NFL. You know, he's a vampire.
0: Um, he is Maybe not... Maybe more like Highlander than Vampire. Yeah. But the thing about it is... He's got that chiseled jaw, so I feel like he's so... definitely, like, a sword wielder than, like, <laughs> something that, like, gets and flies in the night kind of thing. You know? That's just my thoughts on it. I mean, if we're no, going he. Uh, into things.
1: I'm with you there. He's shown Tom Brady has shown you that he has an acme, and he has he you know peaks and valleys, right? But his like valley, it's getting pretty pretty low. You know what I mean? When he, when yeah. he puts up a, a a dumpster fire, it's a big old smelly stinky dumpster fire. And then, hey, on Sunday, brother, uh, the Packers come to town and to play the Colts. Again, Colts, two-point favorite at home. Home team gets two, gets three points. This means Vegas says Packers win by one on the road. Who you got?
0: I'm going to take the Colts in this game. Uh, I, I think it's going to be in that four to seven-point range. So I'll take the Colts, and I'll put it at –
1: twenty four to twenty yeah I think um as we've said in recent last few episodes anyway, the secondaries are exploitable in these next few contests for the Colts, and it's for that reason um that they're just able to score from out from even from outside the red zone I have confidence um and for that reason the Colts just put up a little too many points on offense for the Packers to overcome. And I think that it's kind of going to be one of those 35, 31 games. Um, The over under is 51 and a half. I'm smashing the over uh, on that too. I'm apparently
0: going under.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that's a, that's a, a, that's a chunky 50, anything over 50 points, it, for me, is you always take the over. Um, so yeah, I think I think there's some points scored there. They're, they're calling this like a like a twenty-seven twenty-four game is kind of what Vegas is saying, or or more like a twenty-six twenty-four if you want to say two points. But we speak in threes, so we're thinking more like twenty-seven twenty-four is what Vegas says. I say it's more like a thirty-five thirty-one game. I just think it's going to require more offense. Um, than normal, and I think uh, the Colts can score with a little more frequency against the Packers defense. uh And and the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, and that's kind of the great equalizers, right? There are players that are just transcendent, and Aaron Rodgers is one of them. You know, you got to give respect where it's due. um And that isn't to say that he can't sit on the sideline and get cold. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, the, if the Colts have their way, that's just what will happen. Aaron Rodgers will leave and he'll be like, man, I feel like I didn't do anything today. And then he looked down and he threw the ball 12 times and you're like, yes. <laughs> how do you beat him? Keep him on the sideline.
2: Yep. that's not, true.
1: A, not a terrible strategy because that's what a lot of a lot of teams are doing. That's how the Raiders beat Patrick Mahomes Um, is keep him on the sideline. Um, It works for you. When your offense uh, is not is lacking firepower, but not the ability to move the ball. Um, playing ball control offense uh, is good for you. Um, and with the Packers being suspects on defense, I think there's a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers in this offense to produce. And what what do we know happens when you're under a lot of pressure to produce and you haven't made a lot of mistakes thus far, but the chink you know, there's there's kinks in the armor, right? We're starting to see little little things tear apart for the Packers that you know Devontae Adams has been dominant this year. Come up a little sore, right? Uh you're seeing that these these uh these teams are beatable. the even a seven and two Packers team, um one of the best offenses between Kansas city and green Bay, a couple of the best offenses I've ever watched. Um, And I just think the Colts can, can can win on defense and, and then also win on offense. Um, And that's where we'll kind of leave you. This has been episode 13 season two. Um, So like I said, we did 45 last year. We're on episode 13 this year. That's, 58 episodes, a couple away from episode 60, um, which is not necessarily like a milestone or anything. I just like round numbers. Um, my name is Jared. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LikelyAlien. My co-host here, Stephen Reed, at nice reed R-E-E-D, Steve. You can follow the podcast at PodPancake. Please do. Rate us five stars wherever you do see us. Make sure you follow us um enjoy the games this week and again we're gonna close it just like we opened it wear a mask it's not a political please be safe
0: it's not political it's about keeping your friends and family and even the people that you don't know safe and you know
1: and you know what i'm gonna come out and say it because it's about time somebody did we don't wish ill on other on other humans and you really don't wish ill on other americans so you'll never hear me say something like I hope you get it. I hope we don't. I ho- I hope I hope you hear us and even if you're off put by the message of wearing a mask, you don't like being told what to do, understand that you're doing this um it's not for you. It's for other people. It's it's courteous. It's It's a, it's the nicest thing you could do for someone is just think of them. And uh I'm reminded frequently as I age,
2: I was told as a young man, frequently it is not about you. And that's not a political message either. We'll see you next week.